Penis enhancement may seem like a difficult endeavor. However, Me Coach makes it simple. We all know the best way to reach your goals as fast as possible is with a coach. Me Coach offers you just that by giving you an individualized, tailor made plan specific to your needs. Me Coach has helped thousands of clients improve erectile quality, increase penis length, penis girth, and has helped men improve their sexual stamina. To last a whole lot longer, Me Coach is about actually helping you every step of the way in your penis enlargement journey. Unlike many of the crazy gimmicks you may see online, what sets Me Coach apart is the approach. First off, you will get your program created for you by AJ Big Al Alfaro and his team of trusted professionals who have been helping men in the PE realm for decades. They put their expertise into making your program. By using Me Coach, you will have AJ every step of the way to make sure you're exercising safely and effectively to reach your goals. Me Coach focuses on seeing you get to where you want to go in the safest, most efficient way possible. Me Coach also helps men suffering from abnormal curvatures in their penises by using specialized techniques to straighten things out. If you are ready to take your penis enhancement to the next level, you can totally try it out now, risk-free. Now, if you get started, it will start off with a new client interview, customized routine to achieve your goals, me coach progress log, access to over 30 exercises, 10 routines, safety guides, one-on-one -on -one personal penis training, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. So be sure to check out me coach by clicking the link in the description below. <laughs> What is going on? And welcome to another fantastic episode here at the Mask and Health Solutions Podcast. Today, we got Narado Zico Powell breaking down a lot of the basics when it comes to fitness, but a lot of the stuff that is still very confusing. Well, fitness and nutrition. Now, the reason why I wanted to have Zico on is that this man is well-versed when it comes to explaining these subjects in a simplified manner in which anybody can use in a day-to-day Kind of your, your regular person can just understand it and digest it a lot easier. However, Zico carries seven fitness and nutrition certifications, man. Um, everything from certified PT, nutrition specialist, corrective exercise specialist, exercise therapy specialist, transformation specialist, DNA-based trainer, and weight management. So let's just say that this man is qualified for the... with to drop the information that he's going to give us and all the knowledge bombs. So believe you me, pay attention to this one. You might have to break out the notepad because it is worth taking notes. Lord knows I did post uh, post interview. All right, guys, without any further ado, let's talk to Narado Zico Powell. Welcome to another episode here at the Mask and Health Solutions podcast. Today, I got Narado Powell weight loss management expert. Narado, how are you, sir? Man, CJ, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. Listen to some of the Zico Health podcasts that you got. And please tell us more about, you know, what you do on the day-to-day -day basis. Tell us more about your podcast and tell us right off the bat where we can find you, man. All right. I'll take care of that for you. So my name is uh, Narado Zico Powell. I always say my middle name because my podcast is Zico Health Show. Yeah. And people are like, where does Zico come from? You know, so it's a long story short. My parents, I was born in Jamaica. My parents named me after a soccer player, but it was supposed to be spelled with an I, but they, I guess they have a sense of humor and they spelled it with an E. So I guess I'm just <laughs> unique. But um, so that's how that came about. But uh, long story short, I want to bore, you know, bore your audience here, is... Uh, I, I was really skinny as a child. I wasn't a big kid. Yeah. And when I moved to the U.S., I started eating a bunch of crap um, because I had access to food I didn't have access to. But I wanted to gain some weight. So about 18, I started lifting, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, every skinny kid would, right? You want to put on some muscle. But I never I put on muscle, but not properly. I mean, I would do dirty bulk. Every once in a while, I try a clean bulk, cut some weight. But the problem is I would go up in weight and then I'll do a bunch of cardio trying to drop the weight. So then I'll lose like half the muscle I gain. So, so I'll gain 40 pounds of muscle and then lose like 20, you know, like yeah. legit because I didn't know what, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, you know, just doing whatever 
I thought I was supposed to be doing at a time. Even I had trainers from time to time, but all they could tell me about lifting, they couldn't tell me about nutrition. So I had my own little struggles there. And uh, after a while, I started developing health problems. And it could be yeah. combined with that, but I had like, actually, let me start over. I, growing up, I had asthma issues, mm. but it got worse when I got older and I moved here. Not to follow the United States, just a different environment. Yeah. And uh, I moved from being on one medication to being on three. Damn. And because my med- my asthma had nothing to do with my working out, I've been active all my life, but it had to do with the fact that my gut was unhealthy. And when my mm-hmm. gut was unhealthy, I was having allergy issues, which triggered my asthma. So when I asked my doctor, I said, yo, doc, um, I'm on three medicines. I'm in my early 30s. I keep doing this. I'm beyond this medicine the rest of my life. It's something I can do. He's like, nope, um, take your medicine. I was like, okay, no, I, I can't do this. So I started doing my own research. I took my medicine. I think by not take their medicine, right? So I taking yeah. my medicine. I kept taking my medicine, but I started reading. I had no certifications. I knew nothing about proper way to manage your body weight, nothing about the health of the gut, all that stuff. So I started doing some reading, learning about hormones, learning about gut health, learning about enzymes, such and so on and so forth. Now, fast forward, I would say this March coming up is going to hit three years off all my medications. In Damn. fact, this time of year, this time of year, me and you having a conversation, I wouldn't be able to do this when I was on medication. Wow. Because, Why is that? Because my gut was unhealthy. And because my gut was unhealthy, it was creating a lot of inflammation and oxidative stress. Now, your body is very intelligent and your body is designed to protect you. Yeah. So what your body then creates, when your body creates mucus, that's the way, that's the defense mechanism. Now, I learned this through my own research on myself because I felt it later on when I started adding some foods back in. I would feel the mucus, right? And that contributed to the fact that it made it hard for me to breathe. So what I had to do, I had to do some fasting. I had to um, change to more of a um, keto slash carnivore type diet to get the sugars out of my diet to load inflammation. Because when you eat fat, it goes through mitochondrial pathway to which is a lower inflammation pathway versus glucose that goes through one, three, four, and five. Yeah. And that's a more oxidative stress inflammation related pathway. Not saying glucose is bad, but you need to have a balance. Yeah. So I, I didn't know that at the time, but you know, I knew that I need to be on a higher fat diet. So yeah, I now my, my gut is healthy. I'm breathing, no issues. I'm able to have this podcast. We're going to talk for however long you want me to talk and I'm good. And I feel better than when I was on medication. So now what I do as a weight management specialist, I host the Zico Health, Zico Health Show, Z-E-C-O Health. And by the way, I do have seven certifications in uh, nutrition, weight management, and training. Gotcha. And because I want to put all that together. And we talk about different things, different ways you can manage your body weight, but by improving your health. If it's yeah. just about cutting calories, it's one show and the show will be over. <laughs> but we talk about gut enzymes, having the right enzymes. I'm sure you saw on my Instagram today, I talked about gut enzymes and metabolic flexibility. Yeah. We'll have an episode where you talk, I'll bring on a specialist who talks about hormones and balances. I have a specialist next time we talk about training and how you should train. Yeah. And then I also have uh, two shows now. So I do a interview during the week on Tuesdays. Yeah. And then on the weekends, I throw in a solo show, which is like 10, 15 minutes, just to give everybody a taste of a wrap from the last interview. Yeah. And then an upcoming, okay, this is what next interview is going to be like. And I may touch on a topic for like five minutes or so about a hot topic of the week that I think needs to be addressed. But gotcha. That's what I do. No, I love it, man. I love it. Plus all the shows that I've listened to thus far. I mean, very educational. And I mean, it's kind of what I like is that you simplify it too, right? So anybody can understand it. It's not just like, you know, it's too complicated, the jargon user, you know, none of that. So Again, man, I'm a big fan and I just, hey, all my followers, make sure you download the podcast episodes now. <laughs> also, yeah, I appreciate that, man. Uh, the one thing that you mentioned right off the bat that I kind of want to dive into, I mean, I don't know if I added in the show notes or not, but fasting, what kind of fasting protocol did you use when you started to make that difference or when you started to feel, you know, that health, um, the change in your health? Got you. I want to start off with a caveat, right? Because a lot of people think we just stop eating and then we'll fast and then we'll yeah. be all right. I mean, I think there's a record for like the longest fast is 460 some days. I don't remember what yeah. it is, a year and a half, a year and three quarters. It's a long time. Yeah. Um, but I want to start off by there's a lot of things with fasting um, before I get into what I actually do. 
First is men and women, right? And actually someone asked this question in a group that I'm, that I'm in and about fasting. They're fasting for, she's fasting for 16 hours because at 14 hours when the body really uh, maximizes autophagy, right? Yeah. But with men and women, you gotta be very, very, very careful because our hormones are different. Our profiles are different. Yeah. I generally recommend for women to start off at the low end. 12 hours at first, when you're first starting, 12 hours max, including your sleep. So if you eat at seven and then seven, two hours, you go to sleep, which I probably wouldn't eat earlier than that, but let's, you go to sleep eight hours and you fast about two more hours. You want to do something like that. You don't want to start off with a long fast because a lot of things can happen. You can um, have problems with your period. Your hormones can be imbalanced. Your cortisol can end up being too high yeah. um, because your body's in a stress response, especially if it's not adaptive running off fat, because once you use up glucose and so glycogen, it starts to run on fat. And if you don't have the right enzymes to run on fat, your body's gonna constantly be in a stress response. Okay. So for women, you don't want, you wanna start off at, at 12 hours maximum. Gotcha. Men can fast a little bit longer, 14 to 16 hours. Um, also with intermittent fasting, I don't re recommend doing it every day if you're new to it. You want to give your body time so you don't always have that stress response. You can fast for a whole week, eat one meal a day and not lose a pound. If your yeah. body is, if your cortisol is high and your body is constantly in that stress response. Um, that's the first idea. Now for me, I started off around 12 hours because I wasn't used to it, right? Even yeah. as a male, I knew that at a certain point, my body was telling me, okay, you got to eat some food. Plus I'm not naturally a big person anyway, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't want to lose all my, you know, glycogen in my muscles and i go to the gym and i can't live right yeah so i started off with that and then every month i started adding on um an hour and gotcha. i kept going until i hit my sweet spot on my fast eventually my sweet spot was around 14 to 16 hours kind of depending yeah but then this is the kicker at that point after doing that for about six months my body was at the point to where it could run off fat as needed i knew i needed to increase my cellular autophagy which is basically my cells create um, my old cells dying off and then creating new healthy cells. So I started on a dinner to dinner fast and I've been doing that religiously for a year now. Once a week though, it's once a week. I don't, you know, that's on my rest day. So on Thursday, I may swim a little bit, go for a bike ride, yeah. play a little bit guitar or something like that. <laughs> but I won't do anything too intensive during that time to maximize cellular autophagy. And, I, and um, that's, those have helped me tremendously because the whole idea, a couple of things that happen with reducing oxidative stress and inflammation. When you're running off fat, I mentioned earlier, it goes through my mitochondrial pathway too, which is a lower oxidative stress inflammation pathway than a glucose pathway. In addition to that, you give, you're resting your digestive system and you're also lowering inflammation. So you're basically lowering inflammation from two sides. And if you think about our ancestors, right? Mm -hmm. Our ancestors always went through a moment of fasting. Yeah. Now, you can't fast all the time, but yeah, at times if food was available, yeah, at times food wasn't available. Gotcha. Yeah. No, and that's kind of the other thing that I want to touch on that kind of leads into is like right now, I feel that we have all kinds of food available as far as the supermarket goes. But what do you think about the nutritional deficiency in the food that we're seeing in North America? Got you. Yeah, that's uh, that's a tough one a little bit because there's there's really the soil is just terrible. That's where where it comes from. The, so the, we have such bad farming practices now because we're trying to feed too many people. Mm -hmm. And the big part of it is that we're really wasteful. When I was a child, I used to work. Uh, that was many moons ago, and I used to work at uh, KFC, right? And I'm not knocking yeah. KFC, even though I don't really eat there, but I say that we used to waste chicken every night. I mean, it was like nothing. Like, you know, we just throw out a bunch of chicken because it was done, you know, or people yeah, take over. it home. But after, <laughs> right. But after eating KFC for like, you know, a couple of weeks of working there, you don't want to see chicken anymore, you know? <laughs> so, you know, you know, we started throwing away a lot of chicken. Now, what, what does that do? That leads to, uh, or not just the chicken, but the wedges, the sides, all the, we just yeah. like dump a bunch of sides. Like it was unreal. So then we got to keep up with that demand, right? Yeah. Because we're wasting a lot of food. So then what happens? We're looking at, you know, monocropping where they have to basically crop the same soils over and over again to feed us yeah. because we're just wasteful people. 
we're looking at uh, our meat not being able to, we got to coop them up, right? Like, I don't think anybody yeah. got up one day and said, you know what? I hate chicken. I want to coop them up and treat them <laughs> like crap. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it no. really came down to people like, you know, we need to feed a bunch of people. So we need to take these chicken, have them do minimal exercise, minimal sunlight, cramp them in together so we can so we can feed all these people. Because yeah. if not, we're going to have a worldwide famine, right? Yeah. So... Oh, the the wasteful our wasteful behavior is what is really leading to the fact that our food doesn't have the nutrients it's supposed to have. Now, that's where supplements come in, right? Yeah. And I'm a hundred percent believer in supplements. There are certain supplements that I believe in. However, I don't believe everybody should supplement, and I think you should supplement under the guidance of a professional. Yeah. Because for women and men are different. And you're in different diets. Like if you're vegan versus me, I'm a more of a carnivore slash, you know, I do eat my vegetables and I eat a lot of fruits, but I'm more of a carnivore meat guy. Yeah. And, you know, my deficiencies are going to be different than somebody that's vegan. A male and a female can be on carnivore diets, but what a female may need may be different than what a male may need. Or you may have an underlying health problem. If you have diabetes, your nutrition may be different than somebody who's not, who doesn't have diabetes or is not, who's not uh, insulin resistant. So yeah. there's a lot that goes into it and there's nothing I can say to recommend for everybody, yeah. but look at your diet, try to figure out where deficiencies are, supplement as needed, and be very mindful of this too. Don't just take pills because the pills that we take in these vitamin pills, they don't come in nature like that. And then no. you don't ever get, if you eat an orange, you can eat probably 10 oranges to get the amount of vitamin C, I don't know the number, I'm just making it up. Yeah. But to get the vitamin C, you're going to get out of one pill. So your yeah. body's not designed to break down that much vitamin C at one time. No. You know? So we got to be mindful of that. This is a really cool thing that I use sometimes. It's a patch, patch MD. I don't have a discount code, nothing like that. But when I put it on my arm, it actually slowly releases our vitamins and minerals in our systems throughout the day. I think that's a really gotcha. cool thing. Anybody want to look into that, but. Probably should get a discount code because I think I just gave him a free plug. <laughs> <laughs> just promote the man. It's all good. If it's a good product, right. stand by it. There you go. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, that's all I have. I think uh, I think uh, we need to. And as short from from figuring out figuring it out on your own, of course, you can always work with a specialist, uh, dietitian, nutritionist who can yeah. look into what's going on with you and let you know where uh, where you need to make changes. That's kind of. Um... That's another thing, because like I'll be working with people, too, and everybody wants to know, like, yo, where do I get started as far as weight loss goes? Right. And I think a lot of people are just aren't honest with themselves about what they're consuming. And then they start taking a whole bunch of pills and they just kind of go from there and like, ah, oh, you know, I'm going to figure this out. And then I'm going to jump on this diet and then that diet. And I'm like, man, do you even know what you're doing? Like, because I was talking to somebody that started. Uh, what's it called? They went vegan, right? Hardcore, just overnight. They went vegan. Two weeks later, the guy had irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> and I'm just like, yo, I don't think you did it right, man. I think you're, you're missing something, right? And the doctor told him, like, yo, bro, you can't hold anything down. His intestines got all kind of messed up. And I'm like, whoa, you know, to each their own. I didn't tell the guy to do, like, this is just the guy that I work with, right? But it kind of mm -hmm. goes to what you were talking about, how you got to basically know what you're doing, seek professional help, and make sure your program is individualized. However, one question I do got, if somebody is just, you know, looking to, you know, start their weight loss journey, you know, it's January, what is the, what would be the first recommendation that you tell that person? Like, hey, you want to start losing weight? This is the first thing you should do above all else. The first thing to do. Yeah, that's a good question. The first thing, if you can get a trainer, yeah. get a trainer. Um, if you can afford it, get a trainer. Um get a health coach. Doesn't have to, just have to be, if you're okay with lifting or you know how to work out, get a health coach, mm. get a nutritionist. Um, but not for, you don't have to do it for a long time. I say, I say minimum three months. Yeah. The reason why is they will set you on a plan. Um, yeah. cause we get into just like you just said, I, you know, keto diet, I'm going to go keto. And then they go on keto. And then one day they're like, Oh, I, I, I plateaued. Well, of course you're going to plateau. Yeah. Right. Um, and then with, with keto, what happens is your body gets so good at running on fat because yeah. your body can now create a lot more lipase, which is one of the main enzymes to break down fat, including body fat. But yeah. then you lose amylase and other um, enzymes that can break down carbs. So then you eat some carbs, you blow up like a balloon. I, I know exactly like <laughs> people who eventually can't tolerate 
vegetables, right? That this small amount of carbs in vegetables because they have less amylase. When, um, so when we read these fat diets, like, you know what? My, my, my uncle lost 100 pounds on the keto diet. I'm going to go on the keto diet. I said, well, you're not your uncle. And you don't know if he's plateaued, what his actual situation is, or if he created all the health problems. Yeah. Now, am I saying keto is bad? No, nah, I went on keto diet. In fact, I'm just coming off keto diet because I cycle ketosis. Gotcha, I, was just yeah. on keto for, I was just on keto for three weeks. Um, only three weeks because I knew I needed, uh, my metabolism went out, fell out of whack during the holidays a little bit and I needed yeah. to reset it. Yeah. So I went on keto for three weeks to get my, met- my metabolism to my body to create more uh, fat burning enzymes. And then eventually I got off keto so I can maintain my carb burning enzymes and I cycle it back and forth, know, back and uh-huh. forth. Um, like, like I knew I, I ate a lot of carbs the last two days on purpose because I was, re- I was, um, I was uh, increasing my glycogen and uh, and blood glucose, but yeah. I realized that my metabolism was that my that I needed to step back for a little bit. So today I'm eating a high fat, medium protein, to um to make sure that I don't that extra um, glycogen doesn't become body fat. Mm. So there's there's a reason why it's important to have a coach. There's a reason why it's important yeah. to have a nutritionist. And then when it comes to working out, having a trainer who can put all that together, yeah, it's just a whole game changer. I work with people. I, so sometimes I, uh, I'm known around here. I live in Apopka, Florida. And sometimes I walk into a gym and uh, people say to me, you know, hey, um, you work with my trainers for a little bit or something like that. You know, they'll give yeah. you something, whatever the case may be. And I'll go into the gym and I'll see the trainers training people and they're, you know, doing high intensity or weight training, whatever they're doing. And I ask them, hey, why are you, uh, why are you training that person like that? That's my program. I say, yeah. okay, but... Uh, do you know why? Do you know if they need to be trained like that? I said, no, that's my program. I said, dude, if if your program will work for everybody, you can just mm-hmm. put it on some kind of like play and just have it go. <laughs> right. Just get it roll, you know? Yeah. But it doesn't work that way. You know, everybody is different. Like if you have problems and I won't go into this too deep because I talk about it on my show. Yeah. If you have problems with sugars, you don't want to do high intensity. Yeah. You don't want to do high intensity. If you, what I mean by that is, if you already crave a lot of sugars, and yeah. crave a lot of carbs, high intensity is the worst thing for you to do. Mm, and the reason why is because it picks up your cortisol levels. Oh, when stress. your cortisol levels are high, right, your body yeah. thinks you're in danger. Especially if we do like we get off work and you're gonna do um, CrossFit at like six, seven, eight o'clock at night, like. You can't even go to sleep. Your body, <laughs> then now what happens is you get in the middle of the night, you want all kinds of cookies, chips and pies, whatever, which is what your body does. Your body thinks, okay, he's going to bring me through this hell of a workout. So I need more sugars. Now what you happens is, back. right, you, you, your amylase continues. So you're going to get more and more enzymes that's going to break down carbs and sugars, Jeez. which then you're going to have less of the enzymes that break down fat. Yeah. Now, slow and steady win the race. Again, if you have problems with sugars, then you want to do more of a um, weight training or endurance type workouts. You can throw in some high intensity, but that's going to be very rare. You want to yeah. do more zone two type workouts. Walking would be, would be better for you than high intensity. So you want to throw in that zone two weight training workouts, building muscle. And you know how it goes, right? You build yes. muscle, you burn fat. That's you one burn part. more fat, more lean muscle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then on top of that, your cortisol levels stay constant right yeah so you do that now you that's standing zone two because weight training rarely goes into zone three unless you're throwing the dumbbells in the air and doing something yeah. crazy backflips or something <laughs> like that so you're staying in like zone two for most of your workout which is zone two promotes fat burning yeah so then you you promote fat burning so then your body gets more accustomed to the fact that you need more fat to fuel you yeah and your and your cortisol level again is staying constant, so then you don't feel like oh I'm always hungry I'm always hungry. In fact, your body get to a point start eating of its own body fat, just yeah. naturally, right? But again, that's just an example why it's important to have a trainer that can put that all together because if a trainer that knows you understands you, and then he looks at that, he can say okay you're gonna be trained like this, you're gonna be trained. I can have a class. And because sometimes I have like four or five people, I don't keep more than maybe four or five all together. Yeah. And I have different people doing different things at the same time. And I'm watching all of them because I know what this person needs. And I know what that person needs. Yes. And they, I can have a husband and wife and a husband doing something different. 
than, than the wife is doing. And that's why it's important to, if you can get a trainer in the beginning, get a trainer. But the one general advice I'm gonna give to everybody, especially if you live in America or you live in this side of the world, there's yeah. a high chance, especially if you're struggling to lose weight, there's a high chance, very high chance that you're more of a sugar burner. Mm. If that's the case, again, listen to what I just said before. So go back and rewind that because slow yeah. and steady wins the race. Weight training, endurance training, walking, taking at least 10,000 steps, getting sunlight. These are just some basic things that you can do to set yourself up for success. Now, maybe slower, yeah, but it's going to be more you're gonna, easier for you to maintain it long term. Well, that's kind of I listened to your your episode where you were talking about walking and I'm like, yo, you get it, man, because I'm like, I always tell people the same thing. I'm like, bro, like, how much are you walking? You know, you look at bodybuilders and that's kind of the one thing that I always I learned a lot from just watching bodybuilders and working with bodybuilders. It's kind of like, yo, you see them. They're not sprinting anywhere. They're not doing HIT. They're not doing Tabata. And I'm just like, well, you're just walking on a slight incline. And you're getting to 4% body fat. Tell me more, <laughs> you know, and it piqued my interest, but it's the same deal. And you even talked about how, you know, throughout your day, it's kind of taking advantage of the need, right? Like that non-exercise activity level. Like, what are you doing outside of the gym that you can kind of just throw in? That's going to, you know, get more calories burn, right? And that's kind of where a lot of people, I think, struggle with that as well. Like wrapping their heads around, oh, I don't got to kill myself. And it's almost like that psychological factor of I don't necessarily need to be in pain and struggling, you know, to actually lose weight. But I kind of feel like a lot of what we see in North America has kind of attributed to that. Like in Canada, it's the same deal, right? Like just H-I-T, go, go, go. And I'm like, is that I don't really think that's necessary, right? It doesn't have to be super intense. So another question that um came to mind now, like for men who are starting off and let's say if I am an MMA athlete versus your average Joe, what would be kind of the difference as far as uh, you designing a program for them? And what things would you consider in making their individualized programs? So if I'm looking at an MMA athlete, right, and I was training them to, uh, to build muscle, okay, it depends on what their goals are. So let's say build muscle, right? Okay, because usually they're pretty low in body fat anyway. Oh, sure. so, <laughs> right. So then we're gonna build muscle, then I'll look at what they eat now, I will look at if I when and when they will compete, if they will compete again. And then I will start building up my program to make sure that they're eating the right foods, mm. getting the right amount of protein, and they're building lean muscle. Because the problem with most of us is that we start thinking, you know, I'm gonna build muscle. And this is what I did when I was a kid, right? I, I just started yeah. eating food and I'll <clears> gain 40 pounds of muscle. Not all of it was even skeletal muscle, some of it was, you know my organs, you know, so yeah. on and so forth, right? My cardiac muscles and my smooth muscles and stuff. I didn't know the difference at the time. I knew I just looked bigger. So, um, and I'll drop a lot of that, including skeletal muscle when I was shrink back down. And, you know, I have abs and everything, but I was like, look like 140 pounds or something. <laughs> so, and I had to make those adjustments. So, yeah, so it's making sure they're eating food. So they're actually building lean muscle. And there's a way to do that. A lot of people think, oh, you got to build up and you got to shrink down. Let's see a bodybuilder. You don't need to do that. You can put on, even as an experienced lifter, I've gone through moments where I put on a pound of lean muscle every yeah. month. And that's verified by the in-body tests I've taken. So I was like 0.8 to a pound of muscle a month. Yeah. And you just keep going. I may not sound like a lot, but you add it up over a, a year. It's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of lean muscle, it's right? a lot of muscle, man. Um, yeah. And then it starts off sarcopenia, which is muscle loss due to age. Well, people don't realize that. When yeah. you start losing muscle because you're not using it, you're not feeding them right, that's a sign of excess aging, mm -hmm. right? So slow and steady, again, slow and steady wins the race. Now, the average Joe out there, that comes down to a lot of stuff that comes down to what let me put it this way i do a three-side approach to everything that i do and i probably i mentioned this on my podcast many times i look at um ancestral living what our ancestors do before us mm -hmm. i look at science but i don't just look at science because you can find science that says honey nut cheerios is good for you um i yeah. look for i, I look at evidence right <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Like, you can find science to back up anything if you're looking hard enough. Well, I was going to, um, well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, right? But like, yo, same deal, man. I, I saw this study. It was done by like General Mills who said Honey Nut Cheerios, good for the heart. I'm like, wait a minute, man. That can't be real. <laughs> you know, but you're right about that. Anyways, go ahead, man. <laughs> no, it's uh, no, you're fine, man. Um, And then uh, the last piece is I look at anecdotal evidence. How does it make you feel? 
Mm. And that's uh, my approach, my general approach to everyone yeah. who, um, who's, especially if they're new to training, right? Who, who are not experienced. And the reason why I have to do that is this. Our ancestors naturally had a lot of things figured out that we didn't. For yeah. example, our ancestors didn't go running just for the sake of running. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. they may run, sprint for a little bit to go kill their meal. They did sit down and run a campfire or, or just say bonfire, whatever you want to call it, they eat. And then yeah. uh, they'll walk for long periods of time. You know, yeah. um, that's how our bodies are designed. Our bodies think we're still cavemen. Or if you're from, you know, if you believe in the Bible, then I'm going to say believes that, you know, from uh, four to 6,000 years ago, right? Yeah. From the creation. So that's the, the one piece. I have, to look at the, I have to look at that. Then I also look at um, the science, of course, again, based on if you're a sugar burn, what enzymes do you have? What's going yeah. on? You know, where do I need to make adjustments? What does the science say about this? You know, keto diet, carnivore, all these, what are the pros and the cons? And look into that, right? Then the last piece I look at is how it make you feel. Because mm. I've never taken a, a gut enzyme test. Yeah. How I know what enzymes I have is that uh, when I was eating fat and I felt like I felt like I'm gonna die, I knew my body didn't have the enzymes to break it down. This was yeah. that you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but I ate carbs and I mean, even though I would gain some weight, I felt amazing. So it's not that carbs are great or fat's bad. It's just that I didn't have the enzymes to break it down properly. Right. So I look at yeah. that. So that's why let's take someone you I'm sure you heard of the keto flu, right? Oh yeah. 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 As soon as you get it, you kind of feel lethargic. Yeah. feel like you're like dying you're for the die. first week. Yeah. All right. So after you get over the keto flu and your body starts developing more lipase, what happens? You feel amazing. You feel like, Fantastic. You feel like the heavens are open up. You yep. feel like angels are singing. It's like, oh, <laughs> you just feel amazing, right? But yeah. what's happening now? Now your body is developing all those enzymes. Once you get kicked over that 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 uh that little home, your body starts to develop the enzymes to break down fat. Because like, I'm gonna feed myself. I'm feeding exactly, fat, right? My body yeah. feeds my body fat. Now I don't have that switch. When I switch to a keto diet, I feel no difference. Yeah. A year ago, when I first started doing it, I thought I was gonna die. Well, about probably about two years ago, <laughs> I thought I was gonna die. But now I don't feel a difference at all. I don't feel the flu. The only thing is, I'll be honest, if you know, know what you're doing, it's hard to get fiber, you know, fiber on a keto diet. So, you know, yes. I've, it's, I've had moments I think I'm having a small baby, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, that's where the anecdotal piece comes in is understanding yeah. that where you are, what enzymes you have, what training you should be doing, and how it makes you feel. Exactly. As yeah. any animal in the world, feels better when they eat the right food exactly yeah i hate to break it to you ladies and gentlemen but guess what human beings are animals too yeah we should be able to eat instantly but we can't do it could be eating crap for the last 30 40 how many how many years but by making changes eventually you'll get back to like instinctive eating and that's where the anecdotal piece comes in so i combine those three gotcha and it's funny for myself uh, like I like carb cycling when I want to lose weight. Right. And I just find that it works magically for me. And it always has. The only thing is with age, it kind of, I guess the fat loss slowed down a little bit, but it's still extremely effective. And to your point, you know, on that third day where I was low carb, it just like, yo, I had to supplement fiber. Cause I'm like, it's just stuck right now. You know, <laughs> like I could drink as much water as possible, but it's like, God, man, this is not going anywhere, man. Like, <laughs> But I was going to ask you too, um, what is your take on your uh, carb cycling or how do you do it? You know, like two days, low carb, moderate carb after, like, what do you do in regards to it? Carb cycling, uh, you guys can, your audience can get tired of me saying this, but it's really unique, right? To each person, because yeah. for me right now, I carb cycle, yeah. but um, especially with coming off ketosis and like I said, the last two days I was eating more carbs, but I've lessened my carbs now. Right. So I carb cycle, but it really comes down to what your goals are and what enzymes you have. Gotcha. If I was on ketosis for a few months and then I realized, I'm sorry, a few weeks. And then I realized, okay, I need to start adding carbs back in. That was my ketosis yeah. slash carb cycle. Now, now that I'm adding carbs back in, I'm eating carbs twice a day and they're always complex. Well, some simple, but mostly complex. Before I train, and just a little bit before I go to bed, because especially because I'm not in ketosis anymore, yeah. our brain prefers glucose. So when you're, when you have a little bit, it could be something simple, like, um, honey with some, you know, is some, um, apple cider vinegar or something like that. In yeah. fact, I've had people come to me and say, you know what? I can't sleep at night, but I'm trying to lose weight. And I'll tell them, 
just try some honey with some ACV. And they'll come back to me a couple of days later, like, I'm sleeping like a baby. I said, well, you know, listen to this guy, you go places. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> there you but go. I'll tell you what, but as soon as I was like, you know, it's because uh, our brain prefers glucose for sleep. So carb cycling, um, especially if you're trying to go low carb, is a bang for your buck. Yeah. But carb cycling doesn't just mean eat carbs when you feel like it. Actually, it doesn't mean eat carbs when you feel like it. It's yeah. eat carbs so your body can use it when it can best use it. Now, this is the thing with that. You want to make sure that you're cycling into high fat as medium to high fat as well especially yeah. if you have problems burning fat. So if you carb cycle for, let's say, a month or two months, it looks different for each person. There are going to be times you need to go back on a high-fat meal because your enzymes are going to shift and your body's going to say, okay, you've been giving me carbs. I've been carb cycling, right? And I'm eating this, um, I'm eating um, and eating fat. But then your body's going to say, okay, now I'm going to produce these enzymes. And then there are two things I want to say there. I think I lost my train of thought there is the, you want to eat fat to make sure you have those enzymes. But if you're a carb cycling and you're mainly going low carb, you can damage your body's ability to necessarily keep using carbs yeah. even when you're not training. So then there are going to be times that you need to increase your carb intake. So if you carb cycle for a month or two months, eventually you're going to increase your carb intake. And a tip on that is talk about the ancestral piece. Our ancestors ate more sugars and carbs when? In times. Warm months. Yeah. Right. Tropical months. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of seasonal eating. And that's kind of one thing like, you know, you're Jamaican, I'm Costa Rican, man. It's like, yo, man, back home, it's like papayas and mangoes, you know, they're ripe. <laughs> it's a time. Exactly. To eat, right. And and that's one thing that I find that in North America, because we're able to eat everything under the roof at any time. I feel like we are so disrupted and so far from, you know, the way nature is kind of designed, you know, <laughs> that's why it's like, it's difficult to navigate through those murky waters, man. You know, it's uh, that makes perfect sense. And, and another thing I want to touch on, too, in regards to seasonal eating and ancestral eating, um, what what combination do you think works out best? I know everybody's individual in the way that they, you know, should be doing it. But um, I've been reading about, you know, guys that kind of go full carnivore and benefit from that. And then other people say, you know, you got to go carnivore slash fruits. You know, what is one thing, and I know it's not going to be everybody, but like, what's a good, I guess, ratio for people to kind of stick to? If you live in the Western side of the world, I can generally say that um, most of us do have problems with, you know, burning fat, right? Especially yeah. if you're overweight, I, I can look at you and tell. Um, so the first thing I'd recommend is try medium fat. Don't go medium. to a high fat diet. Don't go to okay. a just to, straight to keto, right? Don't do that. You're just going to create more problems that you're going to solve. So you want to start medium fat and then you can build your way up because mm. there's so many levels to this. There is medium fat. Then there is um, there is medium to high fat. So you can slowly increase and you get into high fat. But at that point, you're still not even into ketosis. So at yeah. a particular point, then you can get you can go into ketosis. So what that happens, that helps to, to minimize the keto flu because your body is so good at burning fat There's research. I'm sure you're familiar with the term metabolic flexibility. Yes, I was going to ask. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and one of the, re the, the research that really drives metabolic flexibility is that they realize that people at rest and when they're sleeping, burn fat for fuel. That's, that's, that's the magic right there. When you're at rest or sleeping, you burn fat for fuel. So if you're a high sugar burner, when you're resting, you're going to be burning sugars and you're going to be craving donuts and cakes and pies and all that good stuff. Yeah. But if you're a fat burner, then you're going to start to, um, to crave fat. If you put me at a barbecue and people have pies and all the stuff I just talked about, right? Yeah. I'm not lying to you, bro. I don't want any of that. My body legit does not want any of that. You throw me a half a chicken and I will tear that up like nobody's business. <laughs> like I'm serious. Like I've gone to like restaurants and, Boston Market sometimes, one of my favorite places, kind of stop by from time to time. And yeah. they have the rotisserie chicken. And then I just order half a chicken. They want it in the sides. I'm like, well, I've made some vegetables with it. Yeah. And they probably look at this guy. Like, What's wrong with this dude? And I'm just tearing up my half chicken. You yeah. know, that's that's how I roll. You know, sometimes I'll jerk some. I'm Jamaican. So I jerk yeah. stuff and I'll <laughs> jerk my, uh, my, my beef and throw it on the grill and yeah. eat that with some vegetables, you know. And that's how my body roll because my body is trained to run fat. So my body creates fat. So yeah. slow and steady, 
slowly increase how much fat you eat. And at a certain point, maybe four months, five months, six could be a year. You can even start to cycle some ketosis mm. while also cycling carbs as needed. So then what happens? Your body starts to become more flexible. There's a product, best, actually the only product on the market. It's called Lumen, L-U-M-E-N. Yeah. And uh, when I talk about group, that's the health group where I answer a lot of questions. And uh, they actually, it, you blow into it, it's a breathalyzer. And based on the amount of CO2 your body produces, it lets you know if you're burning fat or carbs. The simple yeah. science behind it, your body prefers sugars. So the, and so the more carbs you eat, eat the more it produces, uh, it goes through the Krebs cycle, which the end product is CO2. So the more CO2 you, pre- you create, in theory, the more carbs you're eating. Simply how that goes. But when eating fat, that slows down. So you take lumen and you blow into it, the most important measurement is your morning measurement because you fast while you're sleeping. I don't know, most, yeah. unless you're a sleep eater, you fast while you're sleeping, right? <laughs> so then you, when you wake up, you take your test and then it tells you where you are. I mean, most people are going to start off maybe at three or four where there are more carb burners, right? Some people yeah. are five. But over time, as they, they give you nutrition guidelines to follow, and over time, your metabolism become more flexible by following their guidelines. And the science behind it really comes down to the enzymes that I've mentioned over and over again. So I've had a lot of people, like I've interviewed uh, Maria Fox, who she's 51, lost 70 pounds on it. And she's uh, one that she's the top person for it, actually. And her her metabolism is so flexible. She ate, she told me the other day, Narada, I ate pizza and I didn't gain any weight. This lady's (laughs) 51 years old. Now she doesn't eat pizza all the time, right? Yeah. Well, how many, most of us look at a slice of pizza and we gain weight, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> right. So that's, and so her metabolism is flexible. She feels amazing. Her level is great. So that's a really fantastic product. And we have a group that uh, it's called Lumen as well. So when you buy the product, you get invited to the group and you're going to see me there answering questions all the time. We have a lot of new people. And yeah. case in point, we have people come over from keto who are like, I can't eat carbs or I lost my period or this or that. And that's how I talk to them about what happened, how you should train. And, you know, um, in coupled with nutrition, with the nutrition guidance Lumen to get you there. Yeah. And I'm going to give you an example of the training part. One lady said, I keep blowing threes and fours after my workout. No matter how much I work out, I can't burn fat. So I responded. I said, well, I can work out. And she said, I'm running. Right. I said, well, that's the first issue. You're running too much. I said, you know, mm. you need to do more slow and steady stuff. But then I was like, you know what? Try this. I said, you just came back from running. I said, try this. Same day. I said, uh, just give you about an hour, meditate, do something for yourself, relax, and then come back and take a test. Yeah. She messaged me within, I think it was like two hours, something like that. And she said, this works amazing because I took a bath, relaxed, took my test, and it tells me I'm at a two, which is like a 75% fat burn. And I said, you know why? Because again, listen to this guy, I'll take you places. But um, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, I said, the reason why is because your, your, um, your cortisol is balanced out. Yeah. And you're more in a fat burning state because your body is more in a state of rest. And you've been following Lumen's guidance for the last month and a half, which has helped your body to burn more fat. Yes. In addition to you taking time for yourself and relaxing. So all stuff about meditation and keeping your cortisol balanced and all that stuff. That's not just stuff that we just make up because we're just trying to act like we know stuff. These are the things that actually help on your weight management journey legit work yeah man it's kind of like breath work meditation because i was uh somebody else was talking about that too about the importance of calming the central nervous system right like post-workout and when you do that you can really you know you can allow your body to recover but recover from a peaceful place right and that's kind of you know my buddy was telling me he just started doing yoga because of that and i was like you know what i might have to give that yeah i might have to give that a go too (laughs) but um another um metabolically damaged people how do you assess that and how do you work with that man so one thing i do is uh first i i try to get them to purchase lumen and by the way uh, my discount code zico health gives you 10 percent off uh, their their services so i doesn't recommend you go check it out i think they even have a sale going on right now so my code zico health that helped you out but that gives i don't have to guess at that point i don't have to spend mm-hmm. a, a weeks trying to figure out how you feel when you eat this what's going on all that stuff right yeah Lumen tells me exactly what's going on so then i can start figuring it out now when you're metabolically damaged because if you know let's face it we eat a bunch of crap all our lives yeah. then you, your body your body's not adjusted to burning stuff it's supposed to burn so there's a lot there's so much that goes into that so the lumen is one piece mm-hmm. but then the health of your gut is one piece what bacteria are you feeding are you feeding um 
the bacteria in your small intestine or are you feeding the good bacteria in your large intestine and your colon? So then I started to look at, okay, maybe throwing some fermented foods is going to help you there so you can get some good bacteria. Yeah. Um, maybe you need to eat some prebiotics because guess what? Prebiotics doesn't just make you go to the bathroom. It feeds your good bacteria. Good bacteria. Um, so I looked, in, I looked into uh, where the, what's going on with that. Then when you're working out, I make sure I design your workout so you're not craving a bunch of sugars and craving a bunch of carbs. Mm. That all plays an important role because metabolic, metabolic syndrome is also a byproduct of inflammation. I explained earlier that yeah. excess glucose, uh, glucose in general goes through mitochondria phase pathways 1, 3, 4, and 5, which are mm -hmm. higher oxidative stress pathways. So why am I going to put you on a diet that's going to increase your inflammation, increase your oxidative stress. And everything I said before was, was a lie, right? Yeah. So then I look into, okay, what may be better for you so you can manage your body weight, keeping inflammation, oxidative stress down, have you work out so you enjoy it so you don't hate me and don't want to come back anymore. <laughs> um, and then, of course, look at the three things I mentioned before, which is the scientific studies, yeah. um, um, ancestral living, also with how it makes you feel anecdotal evidence. And I'll put that all together and I spit out a package for you. Gotcha. And that's kind of how you come up with the individualized formula. That makes no, nah, it's perfect sense, man. Cause I do feel, you know, when it comes to that, a lot of people say, ah, reverse diet, reverse. I'm like, no, nah, you know what? It always kind of comes back to something that's individualized specifically for that person. And um, an issue that I see a lot of times with guys that store body fat, kind of like lower back, um, love handles, you know, the stubborn areas. What would you recommend at that point combined as far as like, let's say Buddy's already dropped down from 20% body fat. He's probably now at 14% body fat and kind of wants to get rid like of that last 4% to kind of reach 10% body fat, you know, that beach body <clears throat> kind of level, even though I know everybody's different, everybody stores body fat different, but what would you recommend in that kind of scenario? Cause believe you me, I get that one a lot. <laughs> Take a bodybuilder approach, especially for guys. You see, most training programs, I heard this a couple of years ago, and I never fully understood it until recently, are designed for women. Mm. And women are men, our profiles are different, yeah. right? So that's the first thing. We got to think about how are you actually training? Are you training for something that, are you training in a way that maximizes your body, your ability to burn fat, right? Yeah. And that's a whole long story I'm not really going to get into, but, but look at how you're training. Um, and then... You at that point, you want to take a bodybuilder's approach because bodybuilders do a lot of so and study stuff. And I've said this a lot. Like mm. I'll see him get on the the walk, the um the stepping machine. I don't think that's really stairmaster, right? Stairmaster, yeah. And stand that thing for like an hour. And I'm like, dude, I'll probably kill myself if I stand up that long. <laughs> I'd rather go outside for a walk, like and stay in stairmaster, yeah. stand in stairmaster, <laughs> or walk on stairmaster the whole time. But they'll do that, right? Slow and steady, because they're keeping their heart rate in zone too, which is something to burn burn fat. But not just fat from the food they eat, but also body fat, right? Increasing, again, your uh, lipase and your enzymes that help you to break down fat. So once you get to that point where you're stuck in your plateau and you can't lose that last amount, it usually comes down to the fact that you're not, you don't really have enough enzymes to really burn down body fat. And then you're training. You might be training in a way that promotes glucose metabolism. Yeah. But you're eating for a fat metabolism yeah and that doesn't make sense right no that it's... doesn't make any sense at all and then you hate yourself because you're like man i can't eat this i can't eat that because you're craving the wrong food remember i told you that you, you i'll go hang out with my friends okay there are days when i just go get some wings and i'll get like oh, yeah. 10 15 wings right yeah. i don't want any fries i get some wings i get some vegetables yeah and when i say vegetables i really mean celery and <laughs> yeah, i'll sit there and i'll up. get dressing or nothing right i mean yeah. i get you know hot you know, just, you know, what someone comes in, I get it grilled. I don't get it fried. And they yeah. know my order. They know my order. As soon as I say my name, they know what's up. They you know, know what he happens. wants. Yeah. <laughs> right. They don't ask a bunch of questions. They know this guy's weird. This is how he eats. <laughs> it is what it is. And I sit down and eat that and for like an hour or so, because of course, 15 wings, especially if they're big, may take a while. Yeah. But I eat slow and steady. Right. And I feel great. That's really what my body craves. Mm. But why does he crave it? Because I spent years a couple of years improving adjusting my that. good enzymes, adjusting yeah. that, and I train accordingly. Now in the winter months, I'm sorry, no, summer months might be a little different. I burn a little bit more sugar. I do more stuff outside. I do more swimming. I do more running mm -hmm. and stuff like that. 
and I eat based on that. Yeah. So if you're trying to lose that last amount, what you've been doing, look at where the deficiencies are, and it's going to sound basic, and then you can make slight adjustments based mm-hmm. on what you've been eating and how you've been training, and then, only then, you will start to lose that last amount. Gotcha. No, it comes down at that point, you got to look at the micro to really, you know, go over that to that next level. And I 100% agree with that, man. And going to that point or staying on the topic of guys, you know, who are wanting to lose that last little bit of weight, but at the same time, testosterone levels, what's, what do you think is playing into a lot of the testosterone deficiencies that we're starting to see nowadays, as far as just from a nutritional standpoint? Uh, actually, if you don't mind, I want to combine training along with nutrition on this answer. Right? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, they go hand in hand. So I want to start. I know you said nutrition, but I want to start with a training piece. Um, I, I started early, my last answer by saying that most training programs are designed for women when it comes to fat loss. Right? Yes. Well, weight training is a natural way to raise your testosterone levels. Yes. And by... by Doing adequate weight training and raising your testosterone levels, it of course ties into your lifts and your gains and your lean muscle and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Let's talk about our ancestors. Again, they will walk. They will sprint from time to time. And what do the rest of the time? They lift heavy stuff. Yeah. You know, got to move rocks or something, whatever, whatever you got to move, right? Build stuff. So, <laughs> right. You got to build stuff, right? So they'll, you know, then they'll build their testosterone levels. Um, I'm not saying you got to go out there and start throwing spears and, you know, and moving rocks around and stuff. I'm not saying that. Right. But lifting and moving heavy stuff is just a natural way of raising your testosterone levels. Yeah. Right. Eating adequate protein, building lean muscle. Shoot. Eating. You don't weight lifting. Actually, I had a doctor, a heart dietitian on my show, Michelle, and she mentioned that weightlifting can even help with improving your good cholesterol, your HDL. They find so many studies showing that weightlifting can help with your good cholesterol because that's what our bodies are designed to do yeah. with some high intensity as needed, right? So the weightlifting is a very important part of lifting, raising your testosterone level. I think the average man now compared to 20, I think it's 30 years ago, yeah. has about, uh, I think it's 20 or 30% less testosterone. Yes, yes. Yep. Think about that. And then having a lot of body fat too raises your estrogen levels and lowers your testosterone. Yeah. Levels, right. Yeah. You know, man boobs is a thing, people. Man boobs is a thing. I mean, yeah. I've had man boobs before, so and I'm not knocking anybody for that. And if that's your thing, but you know, my man boobs is a thing. So yeah, it's uh so the the weightlifting part is important. And where does the nutrition come in? Well, nutrition, there's a lot of stuff tied in, right? There's sleep. And I mentioned earlier about getting quality sleep and how to get quality sleep. Well, part of that is eating, right? Yeah. Not eating late, right? Eating a small amount of glucose at night to help you sleep. Having yeah. the right sleep hygiene, which I have an entire article on how to get proper sleep on ZikaHealth.com. I think it's ZikaHealth.com slash how to get quality sleep. But if you go to the blog, it's right there. Right. That, um, yeah. But getting quality sleep is very important. So your nutrition ties into you getting quality sleep, right? Yeah. Not eating too late. That ties into you getting quality sleep. Right. And then there are a lot of foods you can eat naturally to raise your testosterone. And the problem is that those are not pills. I'm not going to list the whole thing, even Google and find it, to be honest. I'm not going to list the whole thing, but I'm going to say that even if you eat those foods, if you're not training properly and you're not getting quality sleep and your hormones are imbalanced, which testosterone is a hormone, Mm -hmm. then guess what? You're still going to have the same problems. Yeah. So then you got to tie all them. And that's why I said I wanted to start with the training piece, because then you have to tie all those things together. Gotcha. Yeah, no, because it goes hand in hand. And I think the sedentary lifestyle is really destroying men right now. Right. Like it, it's it's kind of hard to see because I mean, it's not hard to see. It, it's pretty obvious. It's just kind of hard to watch. Right. You're just like, yo, man, you sit down all day. You know, you sit for eight hours, you got man boobs, you're fat. I mean, it looks like you got more estrogen in your body. How do you think, um, from your perspective, mentally, what do you think and how do you think that really affects us? That affects us in a lot of ways. Um, and first, it comes down to body image, because at the end of the day, everybody wants to look good. I mean, no matter what you say, you can say I'm comfortable. I love eating what I eat, all that stuff. That's foolishness. Don't tell me that if you could... 
you can eat what you want and have a six pack if you want to go for you want to go for it right (laughs) right so don't tell me that nonsense but it comes down to one body image right because we get a certain point we just keep going like i used to i never understood this as a child i used to say how is it that somebody gets to 400 pounds like i'm like (laughs) you get to 150 yeah 200 you know okay maybe i'll push a little bit yeah 250 right but then you just like keep the ball rolling at that point like you just don't stop so you don't feel like you're at the point of giving up like no matter what i do and then somebody tells me to eat less food and I eat one meal a day. Why the heck am I gaining weight? I eat a salad every day. Why am I gaining weight? Because whoever you talk to have no freaking clue what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it really ties into that along where you just, you don't feel like giving up. Yeah. That's, it. That's it. It is what it is. There's nothing can change. And also I remember when I interviewed um, endocrinologist um, Kenneth Rodriguez, and I asked him, what's the biggest thing that impedes us? in weight loss, managing our weight. And he said, our, our tradition, you guys, Hispanic, you're Hispanic, right? Yeah. You know what we, you know what we eat. Yo, big know? meals, man. Everybody sit together, eat a big ass right. meal. <laughs> Dude, my uh, people say to me, when they know I'm Jamaican, dumpling, banana, this and that. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Give your boy some jerk chicken yeah. and some vegetables and I'm good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. I don't, I'm not saying I don't eat that stuff sometimes. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying I don't eat dumpling and banana. Yeah, especially yeah. in the summertime, I do change it up a little bit. But right now that I'm on a higher fat protocol, throw me some curry, some curry goat. I eat that all day with some vegetables. You yeah. know, so I get my fiber and my, and my stuff too. So, you know, so yeah, we, we don't, we, we feel like giving up. Yeah. And we just don't know because we just don't know. And mm. that's why, again, when you start said, what should somebody do in the beginning? You want to get a nutritionist, health coach, yes. a dietitian, or a trainer who knows what they're talking about and can set you up. Because once you're on a plan and then you're eating and you feel amazing, and food starts to taste good, you're yeah. eating more food that you ate before instead of one meal, you're eating like four or five and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Once those things start, you go to barbecues and stuff, you're tearing the food up and you feel strong <laughs> and you go to the gym and you throw up a couple hundred pounds and you, you know it's great. Is, you that feel is, great, yeah. There's no better feeling than that than that one that that one 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 rep max, right? Like, there's no better yeah. feeling than that, right? <laughs> so you start, you know, lifting, feeling strong, feeling great. The whole mental stuff starts to change. Gotcha. And then and then that's when they say it's a lifestyle, right? Because mm. at that point. You want to go to the gym. Like Maria, same thing I was telling you, but I know she, she, we're talking about males, but I use her yeah. as an example is she's uh, 51 years old and she works out all the time. She weight lifts now. She stopped doing some high intensity. She does do some high intensity, but she tells me, Narado, I don't wait. I don't work out because I have to work out. I work out because I want to work out. I say at my age, I've never had this much, this much energy in my entire life. I've never feel this well. Well, it's that same thing with dudes, right? Like when you get in that point, where you work with someone and you start to make the changes and you start to feel better and look better. And for men too, a lot of times we just want to feel better. Straight up. You know, you don't, yeah. you don't have to have the six pack and all that stuff, especially if you're 50, 60 years old, right? And you just want to feel, you just want to feel stronger. You just want to, you know, you want to feel like you can move everything if you have to move everything, right? Straight up, man. Man just wants to be mobile. You know, he wants to be able to play with his grandkids, you know, do the very basic things that I find that, you know what? because of what we're doing constantly it's almost like people are just breaking easier you know it's like osteoporosis i'm like hey man why you already got osteoporosis you're not that old i mean 50 come on man but it all goes hand in hand with that the other thing um i wanted to ask you too when you had mentioned uh the carbs that you choose what are the carbs that you choose um after you kind of get out of uh like when you're breaking up your 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 keto cycle i guess like what are your optimal go-to carbs first it may not be quote unquote carbs, but I eat, I eat more vegetables. I should eat a lot okay. of vegetables in a keto diet anyway, but I start off that, but I build my tolerance back up. So then I go to like quinoa, cauliflower rice, stuff like that. Okay. And then I start eating um, low glycemic fruits. So if I have a glycemic index, download that puppy. You can find them on any app store, yeah. Google, all that stuff. And then start eating foods that are in the complex ranges because those keep your blood sugar steady and blood sugar steady blood sugar is important for weight management. And then as my body gets used to the carbs again, is when you get to the warmer months or where I'm like a couple months away from cycling off, I start throwing in some simple carbs. Okay. Especially around the time that I'm training. But I have to do it in that sense because if I move from a high fat slash keto kind of diet, and then Ooh. next day I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna start drinking drinking juice and all kinds of stuff, then <laughs> I'm just going to create more problems. So you have, to, you have to do it in stages. Okay. 
Gotcha. And um, sweet potato? Yep, sweet potato over regular potato. Yeah. All right, cool. Just wanted to make sure because I'm a yam guy. <laughs> we do cool, sweet potato cool. and uh, spaghetti squash, too, is the go-to that we can sneak in so the kids actually eat that. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, Narado, man, that's pretty much it, man. We're coming up on the hour. Hit us with the plug and let us know where we can find you once again, man. Hit your boy up, the Zico Health Show, Z-E-C-O Health, because, again, my parents have a sense of humor. <laughs> um, so my Instagram is also at Zico Health, so I made that uh, simple. And uh, check out Lumen, L-U-M-E-N, use the code Zico Health, get yourself about 10% off. And then you get into the group where you can uh, antagonize me with questions all the time, and I love answering those. So, um, yeah, but uh, thanks, for being on, thanks for having me on the show, man. We definitely got to do this one more time. Oh, heck yeah, man. All right, guys. I will put all the descriptions, all the links. They will be in the description below. Again, until next time, it was an honor, Narado. Everybody stay safe. Peace out. Honor's all mine, bud.